Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I'm your host, Linda Malone, certified conversion copywriter, copy strategist, and founder of Copyworks. Join me each week as I speak with experts in the fields of marketing, copywriting, decision-making, psychology, and more, all with one goal, to help you attract your ideal customers and inspire them to take action. My guest today is Alex Boyd. Alex is the founder and chief evangelist of Revenue Zen, and today's episode is titled The Art and Science of Converting with LinkedIn Posts. So there's a lot to the subject, obviously. LinkedIn is huge. So Alex is an entrepreneur. He's a LinkedIn aficionado. He's a writer and a B2B marketer. And he said when he's not doing content strategy for himself and his clients, he allows a 17-year-old rescue cat to walk across his keyboard to do his copywriting for him. So we need to talk about that. But in today's conversation, he's going to tell how to use LinkedIn posts to build brand affinity and to drive conversions. And then the connection, if any, between LinkedIn and other digital marketing, such as SEO, and how to know if your copywriting is truly working and what working even means in this context. So let's jump right in. (laughs) Alex, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. I really appreciate it. It's going to be fun. It's fantastic to be here. Thanks for inviting me on, Linda. Yeah, and we've not spoken yet, which is always sort of weird when you get on a call with somebody and, and you haven't you haven't really had chance to kind of get to know each other. But but I think this will be the perfect subject because we're both on LinkedIn. We're both really active on LinkedIn, and so this um, podcast episode will be broadcast at probably the end of this year, beginning of of next year, twenty twenty four. So. That means people are thinking about, you know, what can I do different? How can I improve my marketing? So it's really a perfect segue into what we are calling the art and science of converting with LinkedIn posts. Yeah. yeah. So tell me a little bit about how, when did you really realize that LinkedIn was the way to go? Because I, I've been active for three years. And before that, I think most people were just like posting a resume and like, what made you realize this was, uh, a lot bigger than that. It's always, I think, been about the the feed that you curate um, because I started thinking LinkedIn was big as soon as I invested time into it because what happened almost seven years ago was I started posting, following certain people, unfollowing other people, and then the here's my resume, people started to fade out of the feed and the ones I wanted to talk to were front and center. So for me, it's it's been, as long as I've used it, it's been great. Um, we got our first lead from LinkedIn within maybe 60 days of starting to post more actively when I started this company. Wow. Um, and they were, see, 6K a month, upgraded to 8, upgraded to 12, and then eventually 22K a month client from, uh, and I have the email he sent. It says, I saw your post in my newsfeed. We're growing our team. I want to bring you guys on to help. And so it was a very clear attribution. You don't need any like, fancy tools or tech or uh, dark this or that to establish that that was from the post. Uh-huh. So um, ever since then, I just thought, wow, this is working. Um, before, I treated it as a business journal. and I, I still do treat it as a business journal, but I realized there was some structure I could bring to the whole exercise right. to just you know make it more intentional as, as a copywriter does to um, any medium or format. So do you keep that email? Like, did you cut it out and put it on your wall? Like, you know how a restaurant puts their first dollar up? <laughs> like, that would be like- That's funny. I mean, I have it in my inbox. Um, 
But it's it's funny after we've closed 131 agency services clients from from LinkedIn, um, hundreds of SaaS signups for my SaaS product. Um, so the first one kind of fades a little bit, but um, I, I do go back sometimes and pull that out. As um, when I, I recorded a course for Apollo on social selling, I pulled that email out to show you know in the course like a little kind of graphic that pops on the screen of like the proof this works, you know. So I refer to it time and time again. Um, and, uh, that company has now been acquired, but, um, they still sort of, um, you know, to this day are like, yep, that was super helpful. It was a big, was a big aspect of, uh, you know, your work was a big part of how we succeeded and I, they wouldn't have found us were not for LinkedIn. So it, it right. helped a ton. Oh, do you find it? So you said it was 60 days before you landed that first big client, right? Yep. Now I've been on there for three years and I've, I have a lot of business that I have gotten from LinkedIn, but it's for the most part, it's been like the long game, you know, cause you know, you hear the term pitch slapping all the time. People are always reaching out to me. Little side note. I had someone the other day that was really doing everything wrong in that department. Just he wanted to work with me. I said, I don't have a need for this service right now. And he had the audacity to say, I'm just going to do what I think would work for you. And I'm going to send you an invoice. I said, that's not how this works. And I blocked him. Yeah, it was, uh, it's very um, weird. So between you know what you do and and what this person was doing, how do you find kind of that balance? Because I hear all these tips about what you're supposed to do, and I- I'm still sort of not sure sometimes. I mean, what do you consider mm. the most important things if your goal is to you know get business from LinkedIn? What are the most important um, habits or or strategies? Well, it sounds like one of the things you've been told is like how to do the outreach part. Um, and I have to say, very, very little of the business we've gotten from LinkedIn, the 5 million plus uh, we've sourced from LinkedIn has been from outbound. Um, majority has been from staying top of mind via content mm-hmm. with people who refer us business. Um, so the if we break down the like subsourcing from LinkedIn, um, a little over half of our LinkedIn revenue has been just direct. They see the content, they reach out. Very simple. Um, another good solid chunk, like a, uh, I don't know, two fifths maybe, has been from people who uh, were originally found us on LinkedIn referring us business. So to me, that's from LinkedIn, but a second level. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is some hodgepodge of like, either a third level deep or I, I sent a connection request note to somebody. It was very targeted and well-placed. Um, but I am not a believer in any kind of like set up your campaign, let it rip type of strategy. Um, I'm okay with, so what I am okay with is sending lots of connection requests with no note at all and no follow-up immediately mm-hmm. to everyone who meets your target market demographic. But then just when you actually approach them with some sort of note, make it count, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, totally fine to rip through a bunch of connection requests that are all blank and then come back later when you have a reason to and say like, hey, we connected six months ago. I saw this thing. I noticed blah, blah, blah. I love to tell you this. That's all fine and well and good. Mm-hmm. Um, but any form of like, you know, connecting with you, uh, you know, love to learn more about your business, exchange value these days, not here to pitch anything. The moment you say not here to pitch anything, I'm like, yeah, yeah. You really need to be something, don't you? Like, don't think about pink elephant. I'm thinking about pink elephants, buddy. <laughs> Talked about pitching. And I'm just thinking up how you're going to pitch me and how you're going to disguise it. Right. So, any of that stuff. Just like, if you nail your inbound and your content, you don't need a hardcore direct message 
big outbound portion. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, you just don't. Um, I never did, and I'm not saying it can't work, but um, I never did. So I won't. I won't give that as a big tip. Yeah, it's interesting that you say you don't put a note with your connection request because you hear the opposite. Like, oh, you should always put a personal note. I've done it both ways. I don't reach out a lot. Like most people just connect with me because my, um, my goal, I will be very selective. Like if I reach out to someone, it's because I think that we could possibly work together, but I don't usually say anything. Um, or if they've commented on something that I've said, I'll say, Hey, I appreciate your comment. Wanted to connect. Looks like we have a lot of mutual connections. I might say something like that, but people are very on the defensive. Like it's, because of the the person like I just described to you, you know, they're reaching out and, and not caring about what you're interested in, but hey, I got this thing to sell. And yeah. um, it's just, which which brings me to the whole cringy aspect. So people lately have, you know, been saying, oh, you have to be vulnerable and you have to be authentic. And, you know, how do you do that? Because they have that, it was like a year ago, the CEO crying on, you know, that went viral. Um, yeah. So how do you balance like where, how much you divulge? Do you talk about personal stuff? Do you, how do you be authentic? It's funny. Cause I had a meeting, a very normal meeting with the, um, Braden, the crying CEO guy, um, uh, like a year and a half, two years before that happened. I was just like, Oh, you're just like a very normal human doing, you know, LinkedIn outbound services. Um, I think I referred him like a lead or something or two a while back. And I was like, oh, this is the dude who went viral for that? Like, wow. Um, so a couple answers. Um, on the one, there's like two answers to this question. The first is, how do you mesh your own self with what you're selling? Um, and to boil it down. And the second one is just like, well, where should the vulnerability dial be set to? Mm -hmm. 10, 2, 1, 6? Um, answer the second one first. So, uh, People want to hear about stuff that you went through after you finished going through exactly. it. Exactly. That's what I said. That is the, the, I mean, we all know it to be true when we hear it, but when we think about be vulnerable, it's like be vulnerable about the challenges you surmounted. Um, there are some exceptions. One is like people have gotten, you know, if you're looking for a job, great, put it out there. I'm, I'm hard worker, haven't had luck uh, interviewing yet. Please get the word out. The post blows up. You get a bunch of interviews. Awesome. I love that, right? That's that's an exception. Um, promoting your software, doing marketing, something other than looking for a job or like a very good reason, you generally don't want to um, project need and desperation right. because you just, I think other human beings sense that as toxic mm -hmm. um, on a very like biological level. Like we don't want to be... Um, feeling like others, um, strangers we don't know, need stuff from us because um, it triggers like a defensiveness, like uh, they are in a dire need, they're going to do whatever they can to fulfill that need, and so they might take stuff from me. It doesn't really apply these days. We're just on social media. We're not in tribes and groups where we are literally guarding resources, but it triggers that same thing. Right. So don't trigger that thing in people. Um, so be vulnerable about stuff that you are no longer in desperate need of solving. Yeah. Is the answer to that question. And I talked about, uh, and it was a post that I wrote that actually did go viral when I said um, several years ago, I was $42,000 in debt and here's what happened. And yeah. I, I think when the emotion is out of it, like at this point, I was, I was not emotional about that whole situation, but I did want to tell what I learned 
what I would never do again because I think other people, it, for me, it was I was just taking all these courses with people who were really just after making money, didn't, you know, didn't really care about me. They just wanted to rake it in. And I learned, you know, so I posted, but that, but yeah, people seem very confused about that still. And I'm very hesitant. Somebody recently asked me about talking about resilience and I've been through some really crazy stuff in my own personal life. I just don't want to talk about it because for one, it's not relevant yeah. to my brand. I, I just don't want to put myself out there like that. And that's just me, you know, and other people maybe wouldn't be, but, um, but yeah, but you said that, um, a lot of CEOs don't really embrace LinkedIn. Like you see people from a company posting. So what do you think that is? And is it important that they they show up on LinkedIn too? I'm, I'm always going to qualify that answer with, there are tons of great companies that grow quickly, wealthy people who make a ton of money, who don't rarely or have never touched LinkedIn. So it's not a necessity. Right. Um, I have to disclaim that because people will come in the, the show notes and be like, well, there's this person. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Fair enough. Warren Buffett has never posted on LinkedIn, <laughs> um, but he did other stuff, yeah. you know, and like you could, this is, this is a stuff. This is a, a, a channel you can, it's a unique thing. It's, it's great. Um, it, it technically is optional, but if, if it's a good fit for you, why would you poo poo it just because, you know, there's something you don't like about it. Um, get over it basically. If you are a CEO whose customer base and partner base and investor base uses LinkedIn, why would you turn down what some of our CEO clients have called an organic and personal way to communicate directly with the market? Right. Why would you turn that down? Maybe you have a reason, in which case, great. But um, the existence of people who've grown companies and made a bunch of money without LinkedIn does not mean you should. It, it, that's not in itself a reason to deny using it. So I do think it's important where it's a good fit. Um, if you market people that primarily don't sit at desks, then it's less valuable. Right. Um, but desk people um, use LinkedIn and you can reach them there. So you might you may as well try, um, barring a good reason not to. There are many, but um, there's also plenty of reasons to do it. So yeah, it is optional um, just to get around that skepticism of like, yeah, you don't have to do it. Yeah. But you should, is my answer pretty much. What I love about LinkedIn, and and it's a better way to do this in other social platforms, is that you get to see the person, the personality, the you know, especially if it's a CEO of a company, and we tend to be, um, you know, when it's an anonymous person, we have we create this own vision in our minds. Like I spent like twenty years writing content for magazines, and I interviewed a lot of very high level people. And at first I was super nervous about it. And then after a while I realized they're just people. They're people who just did some great accomplishment maybe, you know, but, or they're famous. I had some moderately famous people I interviewed, but we're all just people. So it's sort of refreshing when you get on LinkedIn and someone talks about something within their business that it's professional, but yet there's that personality behind it, especially if they're very active with commenting. Cause a lot of people will post, post and ghost, I guess they call it, you know, and just yeah. leave. I mean, but commenting and engaging. What are your thoughts on engagement, like in commenting? It's um, the single biggest reason why people are or aren't getting traction on LinkedIn. Uh, once again, there are examples of people getting lots of traction on LinkedIn that don't do almost any commenting. Um, that is few and far between. Mm -hmm. um, there's a reason why my SaaS company, the, the 
tool only does one thing, is to help you do more, better, and more targeted commenting. Um, and that's because most people don't do enough of it. They're like, oh, I wrote, you know, a few comments in the last month. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't actually spend that much time on it, but I usually do like five to 600 comments a month. Mm -hmm. um, and it's in the LinkedIn developer docs. If you read them, it says the algorithm is, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but the algorithm is constructed as essentially a karma system where we, the more you put in, the more you get out. Yeah. So if you comment and you respond and you're active, you're going to get more stuff because LinkedIn is saying, thanks for keeping people on our platform consuming ads. We're going to you know, reward you, quote unquote, with more uh, visibility. Yeah. Um, so if you don't do it, you're missing out. And if you're just like, why are my posts going nowhere? Because you have not convinced the algorithm that you are. And really, it's not just the algorithm, it's the people too. Mm -hmm. Like, you have not built any relationships with people that care about your stuff. You can build a relationship by having a chat, talking offline, meeting up, having a sequence of DMs. You can exchange comments. You can just have people want to root for you and be like, oh yeah, that guy, I'm going to like his post versus just who is this, you know? <laughs> Create that, oh yeah, that guy impression, you know? And do that however it makes sense. And commenting is a very easy way to do that. So yeah. again, like there are some exceptions, but by and large, you're going to do way better when you engage it and are active. Even if you get some help with that, I, I, it's, it's fine if somebody who you are close to helps with certain things here and there, like you write a post offering an asset. You say comment, blah, blah, to receive this thing. Getting help with from your assistant to reach out to all the people, totally fine. Uh, you're a CEO, you're busy, you don't have to do all that stuff. Um, if it's if it's like marketing and lead gen. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, do some engagement. It's going to help. Yeah. Uh, not. I just find that when I don't comment as much, I I get nothing. Like it's like today, I just was busy this morning. And sometimes I just burn out. I mean, don't you refine like you just like, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> just can't. I mean, especially, yeah. especially, and you know, I don't want to blame the algorithm because everyone's like, Maybe your content just sucks. It's not the algorithm. Um, but I spent a lot of time on a particular carousel I posted yesterday. And I thought, I didn't think it's going to go viral, but I, I actually created it to create like a lead magnet. So it's this. Uh, nice. I, I spent a lot of time on it. And it got very few views, not a lot of comments. And it's like, okay, that's all right. But if I stayed on the platform and really made a lot of comments, I probably would have gotten more. And I could still, you know, and that's the other thing too. Do you find there's a lag? Is this something people were talking about yesterday um, where all of a sudden, like they'll get very few comments or views and then all of a sudden it'll take off like later in the day. Have you seen that? Like hours after it's posted? Yeah, it used to be more where the first hour was most of the action. Yeah. Um, now it's really like over the course of days. Um, so you might see like a big spike in engagements and reactions, uh, without a corresponding increase in impressions. You might see the opposite. It all depends on like the type of content. Is it very like comment worthy? Is it just like smash the like button, move on worthy? Is it in-depth reading, but might not, um, react to it worthy? Um, so yes, it's, it's, that part has changed over time. I, I honestly don't think too much about it because I mean, the main thing is, are you engaging or not? Um, but sometimes the content you think is amazing does terribly in a post. Yeah. Um, like the lowest common denominator content does awesome, at least when it comes to attention. But um, oftentimes it's the posts with the least engagements that bring the most pipeline because the right people saw it 
And that was more important than appealing to the lowest common denominator. Yeah. I think it's just hard sometimes from an ego perspective, you know, it's like you want, because you always hear it, it doesn't matter how many views your post gets, but still it feels good when there's like 10,000 views, you know, which I don't, I rarely get, but um, yeah, it's, it's really about, like you said, like targeting. Do you, so you spend time really looking for your target audience before you leave a comment or do you have like, like with me, I find there's a kind of a, a group of us and, and I'm not in any kind of pod, but it's just, there's a lot of people that are always on my feet. I'm always on theirs. And we've kind of formed a little yeah. water cooler click sort of. Do you find that you- Like a support group? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm in a couple like support groups too for like support each other on LinkedIn. Um, choose the group wisely because LinkedIn will learn from who's engaging, who it should show your posts to. So make it a relevant one. Um, I started forming one with some agency clients and partners and um, that's highly relevant. So we just all share very B2B marketing focused content in there. Um, but uh, yeah, you you do want to cultivate, however you do it, um, a group of people who are rooting for you. So you can like always count on these, you know, 10 or 20 folks to be like, go Alex, you know, I'm going to like his post. Um, if you do that, like LinkedIn pretty much knows you have at least some base of support mm -hmm. that's real. Um, and then the algorithm will basically just show your post to more people after that. Um, so, you know, the more you do that and the more you engage, like the more that effect happens and gives every post you write a baseline of you're going to get at least this much versus if you don't do that, you have like nothing, nothing, nothing. Maybe once in a while you get something, but, um, it's, it's really about the real people. Right. Like, do you have good relationships with these people, um, rather than, you know, did you post have the right hook? Right. Um, give me, you know, time enough to have coffee meetings with 20 people who are relevant to, to the, the industry much more than, you know, an extra hour spent on refining that, that hook for that post. The formal will just do you so much more. Yeah. And if somebody's just starting on LinkedIn, like say this coming year, what would you tell them as far as what to expect what are some of the mistakes that you know a lot of beginners would make? And by beginner, I mean somebody who's you know had the their profile up and never did anything with it, and now they decided yeah. they're going to be active. Um, this happened last year, where um, on a year ago, exactly, pretty much, um, I was in the kitchen with my wife, who was um, thinking about which social media channel to promote her new business, um, and I was just like, okay, I have a crazy idea. What about LinkedIn? Like. Nobody's been talking about fitness, nutrition, and so forth on LinkedIn, so there'd be a space for it. Also, you can see it's a place where more, you know, executive women hang out. So, you know, that's your target demographic. So, what do you think? And she was like, hmm. And so she sat down and wrote 30 posts um, by the end of December. And Jan 1, she started going. And she had like a viral post in the first week. And it was just like, She's like a top creator and all these lists and blah, blah, blah. And we get sent all this nutrition stuff now because people, anyway, she did it. You know, she's like way on the map, rock and rolling, doing the LinkedIn thing. And for people who say, oh, it's too hard nowadays. It's saturated nowadays. You can't, you can't do it nowadays. It's not true. Um, there are people all the time doing this. Mm -hmm. um, I was posting for years before Justin Welsh said a damn thing on LinkedIn. Um, and then he did it. And there's just a bunch of people who are, doing it. So, um, yeah, there's maybe a little bit less free organic reach now than there was, but I don't know. Uh, it's kind of like a no excuses, play like a champion type of thing of just like, look, you just got to get it done and right. do it well. So 
what what is the advice then? Um, a, don't psych yourself out. It's not impossible. Um, B, have a clear narrative. Like, what are you saying to the market? Not copy that's designed to sell, but what are you? What's your story? Why should people care? Iron that out. Place yourself in that story. Place your partners, your customers, so forth in that story. Everyone's a character in it. Get people to latch onto the story. Right. Um, and once you do that, just tell different aspects of it. Tell a page of it every day in your posts. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do that, it all kind of coalesces into a narrative and it means something. Mm-hmm. So you're just posting without any of it meaning anything or tying back. It's just sort of a random accumulation of attention, but it won't lead to business. Um, so do the work to figure out the story that's far more important than the words you write. As you know from copywriting, most of it is, I mean, what is it? Joseph Sugarman went to the watch factory for a week looking at how they make the watches before he wrote the watch ad. And then the watch ad sold a bunch of stuff. And they're like, how'd you do it? What, how'd you choose the words? It's like, I went to the watch factory and I looked at how they made the stuff. And I, that's how I did it. You know, it's the same idea. So uh, do that intellectual and spiritual work to figure out why everyone should care about what you're doing. Yeah. And once you've done that, the words will almost take care of themselves. The copy is less important at that point. The other thing too is it seems like your wife had a success right out of the box. Like it took me three months to get any sort of traction. I mean, do you think that, you know, patience is another aspect of it? Because not everyone nails it. I mean, I didn't and I almost gave up and then I, I started getting, you know, people responding and stuff. Yeah. It just takes a while. Yeah. Well, were you engaging at first too? You know what? I didn't until I had a friend of mine that reached out to me who had been on LinkedIn for a while. And he said, you need to go back in there and leave comments. You need, people are commenting on your post and you're not commenting. So I didn't get it right, right away. So that's part of it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, you kind of answered your own question there. Yeah. It's just like, but that wasn't you know, for three months. I think it was just, um, okay. I think it was kind of floundering with what messages I wanted to put out that, there. So that also makes sense too. I mean, there's the, um, uh, the notion of did you do that background work and did you do it sufficiently well that I mean did you succeed like did you have message market fit with who you're talking to um, I don't know what you were posting at first you you might have missed that or it might not have been as clear as it could have been I'm not sure um, my wife's message like her first viral post was um, about her I'm actually her best performing posts all the time have been about different aspects of living life without alcohol that's like one of the Every time she posts about that, just blows up. Oh, interesting. It's like, okay, there's a theme there, right? Like, clearly people that touches a nerve in people. Um, so, And mine tend to be, like, jokes about how ridiculous B2B is, you know? <laughs> um, like, one of my, like, most engaged posts, um, apart from the one about Henry Shuck, was just like, I think it says something like, according to Gartner, 87% of people don't give a shit about this ROI stats you just regurgitated in your ad and people love that and it's just like oh it's so funny because that's kind of my brand is like yeah we're playing this game but let's have some fun right um uh yeah chelsea's is very much like female empowerment and strength and you know confidence building and and and, um that Mm -hmm. it's different than mine um but patience to find and pay attention to what nerve you need to strike is necessary and you might i was surprised almost poorly surprised that she went viral so soon because i was like okay now you're gonna expect this to happen all the time it's not gonna be like that <laughs> that's why but i asked that question about time because uh yeah yeah i just was looking over my posts from this past year because i'm putting together an email sent out to my list and 
one post that went viral was on marketing speak. And when I repurposed it six months later, the numbers were almost identical. The yeah. everything, it, it's just so funny. But I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. This has been great. And I want to know, like, where can people find you? Obviously, LinkedIn, right? Anywhere else that you can yeah. send people? Um, LinkedIn's a great way to just kind of like direct traffic. So if you're not sure, you know, whether you want to chat, um, figure out some more information about my agency, my SaaS company, just hit me up on LinkedIn and just tell me your story and we'll figure out from there. Um, you can go to revenuezin.com. You can go to useaware.co, but um, I'll, I'll point you in the right direction for you to send me a connection request. Great. It's awesome. And I'll put all those links in the show notes so people can access them easily. And thank you again, Alex. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Same. Thanks so much for having me on, Linda. And that is a wrap of today's episode. I hope you found some actionable advice that you can use to help you improve your copy conversions. And for even more copywriting exclusive tips, be sure to click the link in the show notes to sign up for my weekly newsletter so you don't miss a beat. And as always, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave a review. It really helps me out. Talk again soon.